It's five minutes with me. Yo, welcome to week two of our five minutes with Marco exploration of finding real hope. Uh, on last week's episode, go back and listen to it if you haven't yet. I talked about my, well, let me recap it. I talked about my fairly long held belief that much of the American church has forfeited a real understanding of hope, traded it, trading it in for a cheaper version, optimism. Now, I'm an optimist. I like optimism, but optimism and hope aren't the same thing. And my aha came to me in the middle of a port of Prince Haiti Street one month after the earthquakes there 14 months or 14 years ago when I realized the joyful worshipers dancing around me understood hope in a way I never would because of their lost. Go back and listen to that story if you haven't. I've come to see through reading, study, observation, reflection, that dissatisfaction and hope are two sides of the same coin. And I've developed a little model of what I think biblical hope looks like. It starts in exile, moves to dissatisfaction. If we can go there, it, we lead next to honesty, and then we're confronted with a wall of fear. And on the other side of that is hope and transformed longings. Let me unpack that for you. I'm coming to see that real hope, or maybe the best version of hope, starts in exile. Exile is that place of being separated, lost, excluded, disconnected from our true selves and home. I'm using home in the broadest sense there. In my own life, I've uh, most often experience exile in a self-imposed way when my choices cause me to veer away from the path of who I really am and who I was really made to be. Exile can be externally imposed or internally chosen. It can be conscious or subconscious. It can be somewhat literal, including geographical a geographical component, or it can be a full-blown reality not humanly observable by other people. In that place of exile, if we want to experience hope, hope, we have to experience dissatisfaction. This is a piece of the model that I think is most unique, a bit that some might want to push back on. Frankly, I think it's a little counterintuitive to think that dissatisfaction is a necessary precursor to authentic, and I'd suggest biblical, hope. And this is the bit that flies in the face of the happy face Christianity that suggests that hope is optimism. Most churches have no place for genuine dissatisfaction. We tend to promote a get over it or let go and let God cheapness that diminishes the very holy sense of dissatisfaction. This is one of the reasons I love youth ministry and one of the reasons I have such great resonance with today's young adults. Teenagers and today's young adults are wired for dissatisfaction. They're not content with the world the way it is, and that's often the flashpoint of hope. But it's not enough to be dissatisfied. If we want to experience hope, we have to engage in honesty in the midst of our dissatisfaction. Specifically, we need to be ruthless, we need to ruthlessly honest cry out to God, an expression of our need for salvation, an articulation of our longing, our desperation for something more, something better, something truer. Cue the Jaws music. Because it's in these tender moments of honesty that our real fears rise up. In this model, I'm suggesting fear acts as a semi-permeable wall, threatening to keep us forever in, our, forever in our place of exile and dissatisfaction. What if God doesn't show up? What if God doesn't give a rip? What if the salvation that God provides is not the salvation I want? But if we can set aside the voices of fear, which is an act of honesty in and of itself, or at least push pause on our fears, 
And, and maybe this is where faith really comes in. Faith is what allows us to push through the wall of fear. And we might just might arrive at a new place, a place that's best described as an intimate dance of longing and hope. Because in that place of faith-filled, honest fear, holding on to our belief that a preferred future is possible, Jesus shows up. And with Jesus comes hope. See, hope doesn't exist on its own. There's an implied longing. Hope has that all is not yet perfect vibe to it. There's this confidence in real biblical hope, and it reframes our longings. We can see this pattern in dozens of biblical stories. The Exodus, seriously, just trace their steps. The Babylonian exile, of course, the bleeding woman, even the stories of Jesus or the words of Jesus on the cross. So what are the implications? What are the implications for us? Let's talk about that in next week's episode. Cartel Podcast Network. <laughs>